This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Libertius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. I got to play catch up. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Hit me! And I believe that catches me up on that. Yes. I have an email from Doug Durda. Yins. Yinzers. Hey, Greg, last Tuesday night, Wilson's Barbecue was destroyed by a fire during the dinner rush. They haven't said officially what caused it, but it sounds like a grease fire. Wilson's has been a staple of Pittsburgh's north side for the last 59 years and in their current location since 1970 while living in Louisiana, George Wilson Sr., Learned the trade from watching his grandfather, sorry, great-grandfather. Mr. Wilson passed away last year at the age of 90 and was still working the fire when that happened. And his son, George Jr., took over the business from dad. Neighbors and friends have started a GoFundMe page to help the son reopen the business. Uh, Yins made a link to the coverage of the fire and to donate uh, he sent me a bit link, which I hate. So I'm going to click on that, and I'm going to tell you exactly where to go. So uh, it's uh, Yins, Yins, Y-I-N-Z, YinsLoveBBQ.com. Oh, dear. Right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to copy it, and I'm going to stick it in the YouTube chat. Nope. Now I am. And if you feel like donating... Or uh, probably just go to yinslovebbq.com, and it'll be up there. Uh, the title line is Pittsburgh Iconic Wilson's Barbecue Destroyed in Fire. Fundraiser start. So I'm doing my pal from Pittsburgh, and I never thought I'd say that out loud. Pal and Pittsburgh. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> never mind. You wouldn't get it. It's a Cleveland thing. It's a Cleveland-Pittsburgh thing. So I'm helping my pal Doug Durda out. Doug, hopefully that uh, gets the eyeballs you're looking for. Shout out to Doug. By the way, check out yinslovebbq.com. If you're going to be in Pittsburgh and you are a lover of live fire, his website is absolutely thorough and chalked full of all great reviews and maps and everything that's going on live fire related in the greater Pittsburgh area. And it is really one of the more thorough websites out there covering live fire. 
And it's specific to the city of Pittsburgh surrounding areas, too, like, you know, Butler. Uh, perhaps a Greensburg. Bethel Park. Uh-oh. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh-oh. Did you know there's really an Indiana, Pennsylvania? That's truth. Still to come on this show this evening, Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. He's the barbecue editor over there also. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter. You can also friend me up on the Facebook slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Let me give you a cautionary anecdote here as it relates to Facebook. I think a lot of us still use Facebook a lot. I have a personal page. I've gone through this before. I just want to refresh this because I've been getting an inordinate amount of friend requests on my personal page. If you don't know this because you don't have a business page or a fan page or some stupid thing like this like I have for the show, you have to have a personal page on Facebook in order to have additional pages. So I can't have my Barbecue Central page without having my Greg Rempe Facebook page. But years ago, I got some great advice from somebody. They said, well, are you interested in keeping a personal Facebook page? I said, I don't give a shit about keeping a personal Facebook page, but I have to have it in order to have my show page, which is the one that I am active on and that I update and I instant message on all this past findings and breaking news. It's all through slash BBQ Central Show. Inevitably, I'm getting 30 and 40 requests a week, sometimes more for me to accept friendship on my personal Facebook page. Don't do that. Don't. I'm not going to accept it. It's not because I'm better than anybody or that I don't like you or anything like that. I just don't want to have a Facebook page personally, but I have to have it in order to have my show page. So here's what I'm asking you instead. If you've noticed and you've sent me a friend request on my personal, do me the solid and delete the request, please, because I'm not accepting it. I don't care if uh, you're related to me, if we're first cousins or fifth cousins, or you're my best pally at work and you're sending me a friend. I'm not accepting it because I'm, I just don't care for that page. Go to my show page and like that page. Do that for me. Don't ask for my friendship on my personal page because I'm not going to do it. And I'm not here to offend you. I'm just not doing it. I don't post on it. Hardly ever. I I get tagged a lot on it. But I'm not keeping a personal page. I don't care about that. I'm updating the fan page. That's where you need to go. So instead of asking for friendship, give me the like. And then communicate with me through there. Make a post. Instant message me. That's where you're going to find out. That's what I care about. Updating that page, giving you breaking news, passing along promo codes, things like this. So don't get offended if you've asked me for friendship and it's been five months and you're like racing to your Facebook page. Well, great. He hasn't accepted my damn friendship Uh again. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. Uh Nope. That's why. And I don't want secret haters. You're all pissed off all day long because I'm not accepting friend requests. It's not personal. I'm just driving to the show. That's it. 
Go like the show page. That's like a friend request now. I'm, as a friend, I'm requesting that you go to slash BBQ Central Show and hit the thumbs up button. Did you know that episode 98 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is coming up this Friday? Episode 98. This is going to be November 1st, 2011. 2011. During the first portion of the show, Bob Trudnack from the Barbecue Guru stops by, which was then the release of the Party Q product. Party Q, of course, the least expensive cost of entry in automatic pin temperature control device space. And after Bob, we talk to a guy who uttered perhaps my most favorite guest rant ever. Longtime sponsor of this show, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. Was also a guest, and this, you've heard me reference it before from time to time, the famous certified Angus beef rant. Again, if you've never heard about it, or you've never heard it, and you hear me reference it, and you've never been able to find it, you're in luck, because episode 98 from November 1st, 2011, will have the famous Dave Bosca certified Angus beef rant. It's so great. you got to hear it. Check it out. Check the whole show out because the introduction of Party Q, which is still available, by the way, and I have one, and it's great. But the CAB ran from Dave Bosca is just succulent. Just succulent. But you have to subscribe to the podcast. Otherwise, you're going to miss it unless you visit my main website every day. That's the only other way outside of subscribing to podcasts that you know you're never going to miss anything related to the show, that you show up on my website. And maybe I'm the worst driver of website traffic ever. That's almost another thing that I think might be on its way out websites, unless you're commerce, but I don't sell shit. I just want you to subscribe to the podcast or like my YouTube channel. But if you like my YouTube channel, it's like subscribing to the podcast anyway, except you're using way more data when you're watching on your phone than you would be if you're just listening to audio. And I still think that listening to the show is the best way to experience it. Even if it's in podcast, if you're watching the show live right now, go to my main website and hit the audio only link and just listen to the show. I'm only moderately entertaining when you can see me because a lot of the time it's just like this. I'm looking. Where am I? Just talking into this microphone. I still don't understand what the fascination of talking into the microphone is. Hearing me and you thinking about what I'm doing, that's way more magical. It's far more romantic than actually seeing what's transpiring. At least in my view. I love listening back to the show and thinking about how I might be looking. That sounds a bit conceited. But I listen back to the show because I want to get better. I want to sound better for you each and every week. It's not because I think I'm a gas. Who who came up with that? Uh Oh, Oh, he's a gas. Hey, he's a gas. I didn't get to it, but Beyond Meat is now offering burnt ends. And they are debuting in Florida. And I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Beyond Meat Burn Ends debuting in Florida. Actually, they just debuted. It's already out. 
Speaking of the barbecue guru, believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be with automatic pit temperature control devices. If you have an offset cooker or bullet style or kettle style, barbecue guru has been around forever. The creators of this technology, believe it or not, continuing to refine, offer new products, meeting needs. They offer their own special cookers, and you know all the automatic pit temperature control devices that Barbecue Guru offers are going to fit on those cookers. The shotgun cooker, I believe, is the most recent. Plus, if you have a ceramic cooker, like Barbecue Guru offers the monolith, that's a ceramic cooker. They also offer that rib ring, which doubles the capacity of rib cooks. Ceramic cookers are great, but the capacity isn't wonderful if you're just laying on the grill grid. The rib rack allows you to... Put them up. It's kind of, you know, stacking them on the side. You can get six full racks of spare ribs in there. Come on. BBQGuru.com is the website. BBQGuru.com. Or if you want to give them a telephone call and ask some questions, they're happy to field those as well. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they continue to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Oh, damn it. I didn't get to the video. Hmm. I wonder if Daniel Vaughn would indulge me. We'll see. Well, he won't be able to see it, so it'll have to wait till next week. Maybe I'll get to Burnt Ends and the Slap video next week. Daniel Vaughn is coming up nonetheless. Stick around. We'll be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Well, it's finally here this coming weekend. We will find out who will be the first. National Barbecue Championship sponsored by Smithfield. Oh, my God. The top 24 teams are rolling down the highway as we speak. A lot of them probably tomorrow as they venture into New Orleans where there will be three, no less than three separate cooks taking place, ultimately culminating to what I believe is a final table of six, and they will cook to see who the Smithfield National Barbecue Champion will be, again, that is, in New Orleans this coming weekend. (laughs) The culmination is here. Are you excited? Check out SmokingWithSmithfield.com for further updates. My next guest is the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly. You can also see him on this show from time to time, giving his thoughts on the world of barbecue and live fire in general. We race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of show, Daniel Vaughn. DV, what's up? Oh, how are you, Greg? Am I the uh, only guy that calls you DV? Oh, not the only, but yeah, yeah um, I guess most people just call me uh, call me Daniel or the Snob. Oh, uh, I was going to say, does anybody like reference barbecue snob or snob in some kind of fashion? Yes, actually, I've seen it on uh, an increasing amount of barbecue menus for a particular sandwich combination that I might enjoy. Oh yeah, what is that? 
Well, it varies from restaurant to restaurant. Oh. Like at uh, Bodacious Barbecue over in Longview, they just added one uh, with uh, it's got their chop. They they make a brand burnt end boudin. It's <laughs> a mouthful right there, and they. Um, they do this uh, sandwich where they chop up sausage and brisket together, uh, put it all on a sandwich. And I've asked for one here recently for uh, a link of the burnt end boudin chopped up with some good smoked fatty brisket um, topped with a little bit of their spicy barbecue sauce. Yeah, that's a good one. So I, I think they uh, gave a, gave a name um, with a little bit of a tribute to uh, the barbecue snob. All right, so if, and, if, if you uh, see snob yeah. on a menu somewhere, one snob is not going to be the same as the other snob sandwich. This is true, yes, wow. but they are going to be sandwiches that I've uh, enjoyed immensely. Snob approved. Of course. Right. TMBBQ.com is Daniel's website. At BBQ Snob, as we were just referencing on the Twitter, if you want to get at him. Do you do uh, Instagram too, Daniel? Yes, BBQ Snob on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Yes, indeed, both of them. All right, consistency is key on the handle, of course. All right, so let's start here. Well, okay, let me back out before we start with the whole Pitmaster Ramon thing, which is just absolutely fabulous. Are you... At any fan, or is it anywhere on the snob radar of the uh, World Food Championships? Uh, well, they were uh, they were in Dallas, yep. um, which is where I live. Uh, but I had a bunch of other things going on that same weekend that were barbecue related, so I didn't get a chance to uh, partake in any of the festivities. Is is it of any interest to you at all? Like, I mean, do you know anything about it, or other than it's just a, a thing that is a big food event? I mean, I know that they've. Uh, they certainly tried to popularize the the term food sport um, rather than uh, competition. Uh, I know that uh, I know that there's a lot. It encompasses a lot more than just barbecue, of course. And they've I know tried to find ways to be able to really judge one cuisine against another on some sort of regular scale. Even though it's pretty tough to you know judge a. I guess judge a dessert against a a, a barbecue item or, or some other some other item and uh, on any sort of scale that would tell you which one was better than the other. I, I think mean, to me barbecue barbecue is always going to be the winner, right? Well, I mean, if you can believe, I think it was the third year or maybe the fourth year, carrot cake won the World Food Championships. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And that's and that's why you have the eat methodology in place because it allows carrot cake to beat a brisket or I think that year carrot cake beat a perfectly executed half chicken by uh, Pitmaker the guys at Pitmaker and it was just okay. you know see, it's see, just one would, of those things that would have have me questioning a lot of things all right well uh, I was just wondering where on the uh, radar World Food Championship I mean I like you. carrot cake but yeah. Come on. Right. Up against barbecue? You kidding me? Or burger, or steak, or chili, or bacon? I mean, it's it's way down there in the list of those things for sure. All right, so let's talk about uh, this Ramon Gonzalez story, and I think the genesis. I mean, what are we on week three, maybe of this? Uh, perhaps it's been going on a month. Subway introduces a naturally smoked brisket sandwich, and there's a picture of a dude. Uh, that is being referred to as uh, Pitmaster Ramon, and it's a little ambiguous oh, and well, convoluted. I mean, dude, not, o- not only do they just introduce the sandwich, they uh, 
I mean, they've decided to uh, create a fake restaurant in Austin, Texas called Monty's Barbecue. Monty. Uh, in, invite a bunch of people to Monty's Barbecue for a free tasting. Um, you know, uh, videotape the whole thing, uh, get film on the, all these people, get mm. their quotes about what they think about the sandwich, and uh, find enough, uh, well, find enough people with really bad taste to <laughs> praise that Subway sandwich uh, on camera, or as as they thought it to be a Monty's barbecue sandwich uh, on, on camera, and then they did the whole taster's choice reveal. Yeah. Um, and let everybody know that it's not Monty's barbecue, that it was in fact a Subway brisket sandwich, which I mean, any self-respecting Austinite, I think should have been asking questions about a, a brisket sandwich with melted cheddar on it served on a hoagie roll. Uh, but yeah, I guess they duped enough people to get some good film out of it. From a high level, Daniel, isn't, the baggiest move of them all, the taster's choice reveal. I mean, I think they did it with Walmart steaks one time. Now they're doing it with brisket sandwiches from Subway. I mean, it's it's like the, the lamest trickery ever. Yeah, it is a little lame, but uh, I got to hand it to Subway for deciding to go right into Austin, Texas to do it mm. rather than, you know, just, uh, choose some other place where a uh, brisket sandwich might not be such a familiar item. Yeah, ballsy for sure. So uh, they they execute that portion of it, and now they've put a face to whoever is cooking their briskets. But now people are free Ramon. Who's Ramon? Blah, blah, blah. So I think, uh, as I called it last week, we uh, – uh, as oh, it, was a, it was a great uh, term that I used. Like uh, we uh, t- together but independently started chasing down this whole – Ramon Gonzalez thing, and uh, I believe right. your source was was probably my source, but I uh, have not been given rights to unveil my source, so uh, rule number one applies on my side, no names please, but your source was uh, Tim McCaska, who is uh, widely, I mean, if you don't know Tim, he, I mean, this guy's yeah, barbecue legend, um, right? Well, uh, I would say that Tim McCaska was sort of my confirming source. Like, sure, I'd already, sure. I'd, I was already pretty certain by that time. Uh, by the time he had sent me a message, it was always it's always good to have another person confirm it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it all started with a poster inside the subway, right? So if you saw um, the outside of a subway walking past, uh, you would have seen a photo of a of a smoked brisket sandwich and their advertisement for it. And then on the inside of that, um, on the inside of the window, all of those posters had an image of uh, who they called Pitmaster Ramon. R-A-M-O-N-E, um, and that's important, uh, standing in front of a big smoker full of briskets, and uh, it touted his 38 years of experience in the pit and that he and his crew had naturally pit-smoked all of the briskets that uh, Subway was using. And, of course, the questions came, you know, who is Pitmaster Ramon? Like, who is this person? Um, I had some genuine questions about it and, and put it out to Twitter, but of course, Twitter quickly devolves into, um, oh, this is just, uh, this guy isn't real, it's uh, it's clip art, it's a uh, stock photo, yeah. or it's, um, you know, just uh, um, somebody they hired to, to come in and get a photo. Uh, all these things, I was uh, truly, I, I truly felt that Pitmaster Ramon was probably a real person. <laughs> um it would have, I think, gone a way too far for them to um, have completely made up a persona. Um, but I, so I was really curious about who this person was. So I, I just started tracking down who the supplier was for uh, Subway's brisket. Uh, of course, you know, Subway didn't 
decide to install a bunch of smokers in each one of their individual uh, 24,000, I think, locations around the country. Um, so, yeah, they were definitely getting it from an outside supplier, much like Arby's does. And Arby's supplier, at least when they first came out with their brisket sandwich, was Sadler's Smokehouse, mm. uh, a big big operation in a small town in Henderson, Texas, in East Texas. And so once I confirmed that uh, Subway was using that Sadler's Smokehouse brisket, I just started doing some research and found that uh, a, a similar guy had been written about um, at Sadler's who had a would have had a, a similar length of experience as the pitmaster Ramon character on the poster, and his name was Ramon Gonzalez, but um, spelled R-A-M-O-N uh, without the E. Um, you know, more like most Ramones would spell their name, uh, unless you're a, a band. Right. Ramones. Right. Yeah. Um, are some of these... Well, okay, let me back out before I ask this question. Do you think it was an important story to be told in order to set facts straight and to show that there really is somebody that is uh, an actual person to the attached uh, was being perceived as clip art or just fake stuff? Well, I mean, I think so if you look at just the way the barbecue joints generally portray themselves, um, if you ask to see somebody's barbecue pit, um, they're probably going to show it to you, yeah, right? Sure. If you if you want to know the method that they're cooking, they're going to be proud to show you that smoker. They're going to be proud to tell you what kind of wood they decide to use or what kind of meat they're using. Even some will even tell you their their rub recipe. Um, some might even tell you their sauce recipe. But what it boils down to is that we trust pitmasters, we trust barbecue joints because there's this real uh, this level of transparency and. They understand the the barbecue joint owners understand that that transparency is what uh, helps make them seem like a more authentic uh, outfit, right? They're they uh, if they have a, a level of authenticity to their cooking, they want to show it off. And I, I just saw this whole poster as this grasp toward that sort of level of authenticity of you know we're using real smoked brisket, but they didn't want any of the the transparency that actually comes along with it. They didn't want anybody to actually be able to see that smoke other than the the the, the small portion that they showed in that photo. Right. They didn't want anybody to actually talk to uh, Pitmaster Ramon to talk to him about his experience or you know how the method that he uses to cook those briskets. Are some of these restaurants embarrassed? to outsource their meats like brisket to companies like Saddlers or I mean in other words do you think that they are hoping to pass off product as something that they might be doing in house like fool the uh, by and large general public I mean I don't think they're I don't think they really um, expect to fool that many people um, or certainly they're not looking to fool the audience who's going to care enough about the fact that it's smoked brisket <laughs> um, and so but what they certainly didn't want to show was the, you know, the the massive operation, the the huge facility that that Sadler Smokehouse has out in Henderson, that that's going to make it look like a huge commercial operation, right? They want to distill it down to this uh, one shot of this barbecue pit uh, with this one guy uh, who represents the, you know, he's representing the entire crew, but they want to break it down to this one guy. But they didn't actually want to tell you anything about him. <laughs> Um, and, and not only in the poster did they not want to tell you anything about him, not even his last name or, or get his first name right. They also didn't want to um, – they didn't want to tell me anything about that. You know, I uh, 
called, sent emails uh, to the folks at Sadler Smokehouse and the Subway. Um, wrote a story about it that wasn't all that kind about the way they, the way I, I felt they had treated Ramon, or had, um, I guess, had not wanted to tell his story or allow him to be a real person uh, rather than just sort of a mascot for them, and uh, you know just got pretty much no comment back. I, I got some. Got something back from Subway that was pretty much boilerplate sort of stuff, but uh, nothing back to either confirm, just nothing even to confirm that this guy actually worked for them or his name was Ramon Gonzalez or or any of that. So, um, but you know, I did. I was parked in the street outside Sadler Smokehouse between the employee parking lot and the facility, um, talking to some of the workers who were going going across in the crosswalk and got some confirmation from them that the famous Subway Ramon did <laughs> work in there. Uh, Daniel Vaughn talking about uh, Subway's brisket, naturally smoked uh, brisket, and the uh, pitmaster Ramon Gonzalez issue of 2019. Then we, I mean, it's more or less resolved at this point, right? He's a real human being, and uh, there you go. Yeah, we can move on. It, it's resolved, um, and certainly... Um, I mean, it's it, as far as the brisket sandwich itself, like the the limited time offer is pretty much done anyway. Yep. So I think last week is when they switched over to some new campaign, and I think the brisket sandwich is, is no longer their focus. Now, it seems unfortunate because, as you and I both know, Pitmaster Ramon did happen to take up a Twitter handle today or <laughs> late yesterday and started tweeting at you yeah, about visiting him at work think, and so forth i don't think we really need to encourage <laughs> <laughs> encourage who oh, yeah. that character is all right but, uh, yeah let's talk about fast food brisket for a second here and i see it purely for any fast food restaurant that is offering a brisket sandwich i see it purely as a profit driven move there's no interest in getting it right or making it something akin to an Austin or a Lockhart brisket. These briskets at these places, by and large, are crap. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, just the simple fact that if you're going to build a sandwich around the idea of getting in cold brisket that's uh, thinly sliced and heating it up in a microwave or on a flat top, you're not really interested in, in producing a really great brisket sandwich. Like, you're, um, you've got to do some things to you know, to help basically to help that brisket along, uh, because by the time you sliced it and chilled it and then reheated it, it's going to be pretty dry. So, well, let's add some barbecue sauce. And in the case of Arby's add add mayonnaise as well, and maybe some cheese to, uh, add some additional fat in there. Uh, basically it's, uh, you take this, uh, you waste all these briskets that could otherwise be used mm. in good barbecue joints. Um, you, you, you know, you're taking a lot of these briskets off the market to put into these sandwiches. And then instead of anybody really tasting much brisket of any, in, of any sort, you end up tasting barbecue sauce and mayonnaise and cheese. And the brisket itself is such a, ends up being such a small part of the sandwich um, that it gets hidden underneath all that. And it's, it's sort of for that reason that I said I, in an article I recently wrote about fast food barbecue uh talked about the fact that I almost respect the McRib more. Like the McRib isn't trying to fool anybody that it's barbecue. They're not saying it's a smoked rib. They're not saying that a pitmaster, anybody 
made it. They're just simply saying, yeah, here's a pork patty. Uh, it tastes like barbecue sauce because that's what it's covered in. And we put pickles and onions on it and you're just going to eat it and like it. It's a, you know, it's a textured patty that, um, I mean, if there's any advertisement for like the beyond meat folks or vegetable <laughs> proteins, like that pork patty could be just about anything with that same tech, same spongy texture. And it's still going to taste like that McDonald's barbecue sauce. Are you surprised that the McRib is so revered? I mean, we can talk about how crappy brisket sandwiches are all day long until the you know cows come up. But the McRib is kind of a, a different monster altogether. I mean, there are devout people that during, I think it's this time of year when it's released, that are literally lining up and ready to get their hands on a McRib. And after they get that first bite, they are uh, extolling the virtues of McRib. And thank goodness it's back again. Yeah, I think uh, McDonald's has been really smart to take it on and off the market. Now, you said you think it's this time of year, and, and that's exactly right. You don't know when it happens because they don't really announce dates when it comes back and it goes off. But there have, there have actually been studies done that track the price of pork um, to when the McRib is gone and back on the market. And that when, when the price of pork really takes a nosedive, that's when the McRib comes back onto the menu. So <laughs> it, uh, while that might be tied to some sort of uh, seasonal issues, um, the McRib seems to be tied anyway to the, to the price of pork whenever they can get it cheaply. <laughs> Daniel Vaughn joining me here on the show. Daniel, can I hold you over for uh, one more segment? We can talk about a few other items. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then you can stand by here for just a second. Then we will come back and talk a few more food items here with Daniel Vaughn. TMBBQ.com is website if you want to check it out during the break. We'll be right back with him. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue-related. Curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything on the website has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. They have something for every type of outdoor cook. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and spices, transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary meals. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or friends, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Plus, they have a unique partnership with Steph Franklin over Simply Marvelous Barbecue. When you put Big Papa's and Simply Marvelous together, now you are messing around with the West Coast offense. That's potent, that's dangerous, and it wins a lot. So if you want to give it a try, hook up with that. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, you're a little sick of the Blues Hog, or you're a little sick of Casey Masterpiece, or Famous Dave, or whatever, and you're looking for a new sauce, try Granny's. You just might fall in love with that. They also have great cookers, so if you're looking perhaps for a new pellet smoker, they have a Mac 2-star General Pellet Cooker available on the website. They're the only online dealer for Mac Grills, if you can believe that. If you're not a fan of the pellet smoker, you can take a look at the Old Hickory ASBP. That is a charcoal-driven convection smoker. Big Papa has one on his competition trailer. In fact, it's the only charcoal smoker on the back of his competition trailer. Now, if you're not sure of what grill you need after you take a look on the website, you can call them and ask all the questions you want. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. All right, we are back with more Daniel Vaughn. Stick around. We'll be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. Talking with Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. Daniel, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. You know, this is oh, no problem. a – I can't remember a time when fast food has really dominated the news cycle. So we talk about McRib, and, you know, it's around this time. Of course, we've had the run of brisket sandwiches with Subway. Uh, Arby's has been around. It's actually on the permanent menu now for some time. And then this year, perhaps fast food has hit its cataclysmic fame, all thanks – to Popeyes and this reveal of a chicken sandwich first in the summer that caused so much controversy and so much angst and so much fanaticism that there was a guy in Tennessee who was chasing ass all over the greater Chattanooga area, uh, going into bad surfaced parking lots and popping tires and bending ribs so much that he decided that he would take Popeyes to court. That's actually... Uh, something that's going to be happening. That whole file or that whole suit has been filed and it will actually get its day in court. His name's Craig Barr. Then, just this past weekend, the chicken sandwich is re-revealed and it, hysteria reigns again. What What are you figuring on this Popeye's chicken sandwich? Is this just an incredibly successful marketing scheme and that's it? I don't, I, it's obviously an incredibly... Uh successful marketing scheme brilliant but i do think yeah but i do think there's uh there's something behind it because i actually had the first popeye's chicken sandwich uh, that i tried today okay i was i was actually headed um headed out to <laughs> get a burger at another restaurant and it was 11 o'clock and i was passing a popeye's and so they had the big sign in the window they had the, the chicken sandwich just back and there was uh there was only one other person in the in that drive-through, so I figured, hey, here's my chance to go try it, and you know, I, I feel like uh, maybe this this Popeye's chicken sandwich is sort of the Franklin barbecue of chicken sandwiches, right? It's, it's got <laughs> all this hype behind it, yeah. um, has these long lines, these, and, and then also has lots of people who are like, I'm never going to stand in that line to ever try it. Right? Yeah, right. Well, um, I guess that was that was sort of me for the the first go round. It's like. Yeah, these lines. I'm not going to bother for the for that for the chicken sandwich. But hey, opportunity presented itself. Uh, came through that line, got that chicken sandwich, stopped right there in the parking lot to eat it fresh. Mm-hmm. And my God, it's a good chicken sandwich. Now look here. So, now stop just for a goddamn sec. We're talking about Popeye's fast food, right? So yes, this would be yes. akin to it is a four dollar uh, chi- chicken sandwich, yeah, Chick Fil A. Yes. Uh, Popeyes, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, this is all the same kind of strata of quality that we're talking about here. So when yeah, you say so, it's uh, that more, good, more, hold on, more, more on this. Uh, hold, it's my market. show. You don't oh, tell me to hold you. on. What are you talking? Well, no, about? no, no. You're, you're, you're actually, you're proving my point here. Like, <laughs> and that's what everybody says about Franklin. There's so much good barbecue in Austin. Why would you ever need to stand in line? How much better could it really be than the rest of them? Right. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is so much better than a KFC sandwich, so much better than a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Like, I was really stunned today by how much I liked it. 
Like the chicken is super juicy. The crust has this crunch. Hmm. Like it's, it has, it hasn't gotten soggy. The bun is like soft and buttery. Uh, the pickles on it are even good. The sauce is like, it's definitely a mayonnaise based sauce, but it is, it's more spicy than you ever think it's going to be. Like my lips were still burning like 30 minutes after I ate the sandwich. So it's like, it is just so good and so much better than other chicken yeah. sandwiches. It's just like you have to, you just have to decide you're going to wait in line one time to try it, and then, it, then it can change your mind. But, wow! And and Popeyes isn't paying me for any of this, that's for sure. And uh, I'm certainly not the chicken sandwich snob, but damn, <laughs> good chicken sandwich. Now here here's the point I was trying to make in a long winded way. On a before I interrupted all you, all of all of the dissertation aside, uh, we we listen to it, we take it for what it is. On a scale of one to ten, one being the worst thing that you've ever eaten in your life, and ten being the pinnacle of food ever on the face of the earth. Where does the chicken sandwich rate, really? Oh man, I'd give it a seven. What? A seven? A seven? No, of course not. Have you had it? No way. Like, I thought about going back to get one for dinner tonight after I eat dinner with my family. Oh, dear. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have to be honest. Seven completely boggles my mind. My thought is this. I can under and, and I did I didn't I didn't want it to be that hard. I didn't want to like I didn't want to love it that much because I, I wanted to I wanted it to be all hype machine, right? And it'd be all marketing <laughs> and me to just be able to poo-poo the whole thing. Yeah. But then but then my mind was changed. Hmm. So my my thought my thought is and I can get with all of what you're saying. I you know, I want to hate it. Hell, I, I if I went I would want to love it. And where I get tripped up is, uh, A, I would never wait in a line for anything, uh, whether it's Franklin's or Popeye's or whatever. I just don't wait in line because I don't, nothing's going to change my life that much. But in the end, I'm waiting in line for a fast food chicken sandwich. And that's my biggest mental hurdle. Like to me, the best chicken sandwich is probably going to be three or four on a scale of one to 10, ranging from, you know, where my one and 10 was. Like three or four at best, but seven, it seems to be insanely high for a fast food chicken sandwich so while i'm yes, not while i'm not going to rush out and go to popeyes tomorrow i would say that uh for somebody like yourself who wanted to hate all over it and not now rates it a seven i i, I would say that i might have in, in a moment of weakness i might consider pulling into a rest uh into a, in the restaurant's driveway but i would probably continue driving straight past but at least there would be a potential moment of weakness now do others concur with you? I mean, aside from the masses, I know, but people that you trust and that are respected. I'm not talking about people, the rest of the people dopes. that I trust and that I respect have, yeah. have absolutely um, gone out and and just love this chicken sandwich and talking mm. about it on Twitter and on on Instagram. Yeah, people whose whose taste that I uh, that I admire. And even then, like that first go round of of the chicken sandwich release, it did not convince me to go try it. Um, but like I said, this was the opportunity presented itself, and there was no line there really, um, just like a car in front of me, and so I I jumped in and, and took my uh, I shot my shot right there. If there was if there was a ten car line, Daniel Vaughn drives right by without a second thought. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. We're, we're gaining back credibility here. All right. So uh, let's change gears uh, very quickly. We're talking with Daniel Vaughn, by the way. TMBBQ.com is website if you want to check it out. 
Uh, November 3rd saw the 10th annual, wow, 10th, 10th annual Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival take place. Uh, give us a little Indeed. recap on what the event is and how it went off this year. Yeah, well, uh, at Texas Monthly, we put together a top 50 list. Uh, we do it every four years, and we invite all those top 50 barbecue joints from around the state to come cook at the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival in Austin. <laughs> and, you know, this year we had uh, 30 barbecue joints who said yes and, and uh, offered to, you know, pull up steaks from wherever they were uh, located in Texas and come into Austin and cook for a bunch of barbecue fans, over 3,000 barbecue fans uh, on a <laughs> Sunday. It was uh, November 3rd. And we had so we had 30 barbecue joints now. 28 of them were actually from the top 50. And then we had a, a newcomer from last year, uh, which was Guest Family Barbecue in Waco. And then our newcomer this year, which was Blood Brothers Barbecue in Houston. So those are places that I select that I feel like are going to um, probably have a good shot at our next top 50, a way to bring in some new blood into the festival. And uh, yeah, that's why I picked Blood Brothers. Sorry, I didn't even mean to make that pun. <laughs> no problem. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, and it's it's was really exciting this year because I think the barbecue joints are really starting to understand like how to showcase new and different things and not necessarily just bring uh, small samples of the regular menu, but really sometimes create completely new items for the festival that they that they really don't do anywhere else or don't really plan to add to their menu. Um, best moment of the day for you. Oh, best moment of the day. Well, I mean, a hug from Miss Tootsie Tominats, um, the 84-year-old pitmaster at Snow's Barbecue. That's always a good way to start the day. Um, and then the, the kind folks at La Barbecue let me uh, test out their – they had a lineup of um, a – it was a shot of Sotol whiskey, um, a pickleback, and a, mm. then a brisket uh, – bite of brisket on top of that. And so we, we tested that out in the morning just to make sure it was – going to be a good trio of flavors are you surprised at how uh holding the brisket part of that aside but are you surprised how good a pickleback shot is whiskey and then followed by the the pickle brine yeah um i was also really surprised at how how much better it was to have that last bite be uh, a nice fatty piece of brisket mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even sausage like um it really just rounded the whole thing out. So, yeah, I, I certainly am a, now a big advocate. If you're going to go ahead and do the pickleback, like end it really with a nice fatty piece of smoked meat. You recently wrote an article that I read, and, and quite frankly, it was fascinating and spot on. Barbecue seems to hold certain terms near and dear to the heart. We've talked about some of these on the shows in, in past times. For instance, uh, barbecue itself, a burnt ends. Uh, one of my favorites is seasoned as it relates to pits that are broken in you did an article covering Uh, that specific subject and it was quite revealing especially to those lazy people out there and we will name them here in a second but tell me a little bit about the article and uh how you got the idea to work on it yeah well uh i mean the whole idea of the article was to talk to different pit masters about what they thought the term seasoned meant when it came to smokers and I know that in past experience that I've seen some really just filthy, dirty smokers that are, they've just got black sludge on the inside of them. They got it dripping mm. down the smokestack, dripping out the doors. Um, they've got just black nastiness, like caked up on all the racks. 
and the pit master, if you, you ask him, you know, are you going to clean this thing? <laughs> no, no, no. It's seasoned. Yeah. This is seasoned. Right. Well, I, I never felt like that was a really good, good reason to keep a filthy pit just so you could say it's seasoned. So I talked to some other pit masters who I know run good operations, make really great barbecue and see what they felt like that term meant. And basically do they clean their smokers and how often and pretty much every one of them I talked to, yes, they clean their smokers Mm -hmm. once a week, scrape them out, scrape down those grates. Like you got to get them looking good. You don't want all that, uh, leftover, uh, all that leftover black gunk. And, uh, you know, I talked to them as well about how they view like the method of seasoning Mm. and by their method of seasoning is more akin to what you would do to say a a cast iron skillet. If you were to get it new, right. You, you want to get some, some fat on it and oil of, of some sort, and then get it really hot to help some of the pores of the steel open up and be able to capture that oil and create uh, sort of a sheen on the on the surface of it, and that's what a lot of pit masters do. They'll take a, a new pit, clean it out, wash it out, sometimes with soap, sometimes just with water, sometimes a pressure wash, and then they'll coat it with a fat of some sort. Some roll it on, some spray it on, um, some use peanut oil, some use brisket fat, and then and then you light that sucker up. Like you just you crank the smoker, you you build big fire in the firebox and you're cranking it at, you know, four or 500 degrees, try and try and get it as hot as you can. And then, uh, and then cook on it immediately. So rather than this idea that you can't cook on a brisket, uh, I'm sorry, that you can't cook a good brisket in a smoker <laughs> until it's been well seasoned or well broken in, uh, you know, these pit masters are telling me, you know, Hey, I can cook on a, on a pit just fine. Like, as soon as I get done seasoning it, you know, as soon as I get done with this process of breaking it in on that first day, uh, you can still put out some good brisket. So, um, and, and one of them, I was talking to Aaron Franklin about this idea of, uh, you know, basically just comparing it to a car, right? If you, um, if you got a 16 year old and you get him a new car or a used car, even, uh, you, you send them out on the road and when they're 18, by the time they get to be 18, they're going to be better drivers. They're not going to be good drivers, but they're going to be better drivers. Uh, and nothing happened to that car, right? Nothing. That car didn't get any better. It's just they, they used this tool. They had this tool, and they used it for two years, and they became more adept at using it. So um, I don't think there's much to the idea of a, of a film of black gunk inside a smoker helping it smoke any better so much as there is that uh if you get a new smoker and you've never used it before the more you get used to the hot spots and cool spots of that smoker you're gonna get better at cooking on it so should we revise or put a new definition on what the term seasoned means and it perhaps should include uh not sludgy not creosote not just looking like it is crap yeah, I mean, my my basic premise was just, like, stop using the word season to describe your filthy smoker and to cover up your own laziness. <laughs> okay, are we ready to you're, name you're names not, yet? <laughs> it's like you're not allowed to use that word. Um, yeah, exactly. Are we going to name – oh, I thought you had some names. No, what, no. What Cleveland, no. what Cleveland spots do you have that are um, – Dirty. They're not cooking so clean these days. Uh, yeah. yeah, the 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 one that I knew the most, and uh, it, it was uh, quite an iconic uh, place. It was called the uh, Hot Sauce. I think there is a Hot Sauce Williams on the 
it's in Shaker or somewhere around Shaker, but there was a a different version on East 55th Street. Uh, but that has since shut down for any number of months now. So, but that was a, a really sketchy operation from top to bottom, and it sucked because it was widely considered to be like when you talk about whatever Cleveland barbecue is. Singularly, that is the first restaurant that comes up that people want to talk about where the history sure. of Cleveland barbecue. It's always Hot Sauce Williams. Uh, I think Macklemore's gets thrown in there, uh, but then quickly the, the list dwindles because we have no real backbone of uh, a barbecue or history of backbone uh, of barbecue here. Well, in well the, now, you, in the now you've got Mabel's. Yeah, but I mean, what are we talking about? Five or six years? Uh, so uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm well, not got, ready to Cleveland barbecue now representing Vegas. Yeah, 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 but I mean, the Mabel's in Vegas. It's it's a it's a Iron Chef restaurant. Uh, I think if Michael Simon wasn't behind it, it probably wouldn't be there. And it's great that he represents. He don't get me wrong. He represents Cleveland really well. He's very proud to be from Cleveland. So somebody who lives there, I certainly appreciate that and love what he does for exposure and media attention to the city. But. I'm not ready to race out and say that Cleveland has any type of real traditional Southern barbecue heritage by any stretch of the imagination. Do we have some? Uh, do we have a few good options? Yes, we have a few good options, and that's kind of where it stops. And you know, so be it. Uh, but all those, all the good places that I've seen, all have really well kept pits. Likewise, on my backyard, I'm a neat freak, and I will power wash, and I will scrub out, and I will scrape off, and. Uh, I'm not as uh, crazy as my Michigan embedded correspondent, who is an absolute clean freak uh, to a whole different level. But uh, I'm in the belief, as uh, Ted Reader from Canada used to say, a clean grill is a healthy grill. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you know, you only have to open up your smoker one time and smell rancid fat before you're <laughs> never going to let that happen again. Yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty. Plus, you'll have opossums running all around your cookers. Those things are ugly and hideous, and I think they're uh, poisonous too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe skin it up, and put it in the smoker. No way. I'm not touching that. Uh, any new news stories that are in the works that you can tell us about? Well, uh, right now I'm working on a story. Uh, like literally, as soon as I, as soon as I'm done with our our conversation here, I'll finish it up because I'm, I'm hitting a barbecue road trip tomorrow. So, I got to get my work done, man. Uh, and one of them is about a couple of places in Houston doing just really unique pork ribs. Uh, Candente is doing a Tex-Mex pork ribs. They're they've got this uh, they've got a rub that they put on it. So they smoke them up. And then they put this rub of, uh, it's like half barbecue sauce, and then they, they add a bunch of uh, ancho and pasilla, um chili puree and some honey and molasses. Wow. And then they uh, finish them off on the grill, um, serve them with uh, some queso fresco and cilantro, and then they make this chili lime butter. Instead of a barbecue sauce, you dip these ribs and this chili lime butter. Wow. Really interesting. And then another place in Houston uh, called International Smoke that does a trio of ribs, American style. One is a uh, Thai style oh. and then another Korean style. And the Thai style, like they're taking the ribs and they're marinating them in like soy sauce and fish sauce and garlic and shallots and all kinds of good stuff before they even smoke them. Uh, all these are, you know, legit smoked ribs. They just all taste a whole lot different than your standard salt and pepper Texas ribs. 
Look forward to those reviews, no doubt. You can follow them online at BBQ Snob if you want. Uh, and the handle is consistent all the way through, depending on whatever platform you like. You can read them at uh, tmbbq.com. It is the barbecue editor of Texas Monthly, Daniel Vaughn. Daniel, always appreciate the time, my friend. Great talking with you. There he is, Daniel Vaughn. Barbecue road trip getting ready to happen. I would love to... I love uh, lime butter. They say, was it lime butter? Oh, my God. How good does that sound? A lot of great things there. The one thing that I immediately want to go back to, I specifically asked Daniel, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good is the Popeye's chicken sandwich? And he said a 7. I can't believe it. 7? That's three points away from the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. Three points away. That's really close. Really close. I'm arguing in my mind, in my silence, on if I'm now I'm going to go to Popeye's. I, Craig Barr didn't push me over the edge. Steve Ray didn't push me over the edge. People shooting themselves over chicken sandos wasn't pushing me over the edge. Popeye's employees fighting with other Popeye's employees about the chicken sandos were not pushing me over edge. But seven? Whoa. That is quite a revelation. Wow. Although he did say that if there was a line of 10 cars, he just would have kept driving, so. He does have that going for him. All right, we will wrap it up right here. All the way back in the first hour. Mike McLeod, remember that? He left Jennifer Garner to pick up the phone and then have an extended interview with me. I can tell you right now, if Jennifer Garner's in my house on a Tuesday at 9 p.m., I will not be doing the show. I will be hanging out with Jennifer Garner. Then, first timer to the show and host of On the Road with Dane, Dane Neal. You can check him out 2 to 4 Central Time on WGN720.com. That's WGN Radio. The blowtorch that is. Second hour, all Daniel Vaughn, all the time. TMBBQ.com, his website, at BBQ Snob. Twitter handle, Instagram handle, and the like. Big show planned for you next week. Kevin Coleman is in. Stephen Reichlin is in. Robin Lindars is in. And we will be aiming to chase down the Smithfield National Barbecue Reserve Grand Champion. Little inside joke there, but you may or may not see where I'm coming from on that. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.